0: I just love you more compare him to you But he can match your score in his game of love There's no rules when it comes to us I choose you Welcome,
1: Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a Monday edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Unfortunately, it's not a Victory Monday. The Bucks didn't play yesterday. And that stinks because the playoff run was fun. The Super Bowl run last year was even more fun. But we're going to have some fun today on the show as J.C. Allen from Peter Report joins me, Scott Reynolds, your host today. And we're going to be breaking down our first Peter Report Bucks seven-round mock draft. J.C., how are you doing?
0: Doing great. You know, it, it, it is a bummer, um, definitely, because I think if the Bucks had won, you know, you would probably have a victory Monday right now. Yeah. Going against that 49ers team. And look, <laughs> looking really looking in a really good position to go up against the Bengals. I think they would have been able to uh slow down a little bit. Um, but you know, we're moving on. It's the offseason now, and it's uh you know, one of our favorite times of the year over here at Peter Report. Um, you know, last year was spoiled with the Super Bowl, but now it's time to dive in. We've got half the crew over there at the senior bowl. Uh, but now it's time to dive into the draft and obviously free agency. But I think free agency is a little bit on pause until we know what a certain person's doing with their career. But never too early to start coming yes. into the into the draft. And here we are with uh, our first mock draft to break down. And I really like some of these yeah. guys out here.
1: Well, and I'll tell you what—that's uh, that certain somebody is Tom Brady, right? The, the Bucks are waiting to figure out is Tom Brady going to retire or not. We did a show Saturday night an emergency podcast when news broke. Um, Perhaps erroneously, perhaps just a little premature. We'll see. But uh, the news came out Saturday that Tom Brady was going to retire. Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter from ESPN reported that. At the same time, there were some denials. Uh, Tom Brady Sr., who's Brady's dad, came out and said that he is not going to retire, at least not yet. And Don Yee, the agent for Brady came out with a message for the uh, the NFL community, saying, "I understand the advanced speculation about Tom's future. Without getting into the accuracy or inaccuracy of what's being reported, Tom will be the only person to express his plans with complete accuracy. He knows the realities of the football business and planning calendar as well as anybody, so that should be soon. So, JC, having said that." Uh, we're, we're left to to kind of put free agency on, on pause because that will, I think, determine whether this franchise reloads for another run at the Super Bowl. Or maybe if they do some more prudent things like pay the piper with some of this this uh, dead salary cap money that would come with Brady uh, with his cap numbers accelerating into the 2022 season, which is right now. And and I think probably Rob Gronkowski does not come back unless Tom Brady is here in Tampa. So there's there's some some roster issues and some dead cap money there as well. So uh, we're gonna have to put the free agency on pause, kind of skip ahead to the draft, and looking at the roster right now and understanding that that with these mock drafts, it's so hard to figure out which positions of need the the Buccaneers are going to target and address because they have not hit free agency yet. We don't know. If Carlton Davis is going to come back on the franchise tag or if he's going to come back at all. We don't know if Chris Godwin's going to come back for another year on the franchise tag or get extended. Or if he's going to go somewhere else, I don't think that's the case. Then both those guys come back. But a lot of other guys down the line whose futures are not known right now, JC.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we do know one thing about this draft class that we can absolutely say, you know, if Tom Brady doesn't return with a certainty is that it's not going to be a luxury class. That's for sure. Last yeah. year was considered a luxury class. You know, you take your quarterback, you take your guy that pass rusher you can, you don't need. But this, I think they're going to need to get some impact players out of this draft class, and they're going to have yeah. to come within the first couple of rounds. Um, because as, as looking at it now, of course, without free agency, without knowing Tom's future, there there's some holes that they're going to have to fill because it's not just Tom and Gronk's future. Right. It's guys like Steve McClendon who played a big role, big yeah. Pick McClendon, you know, and it, it's Nadam Kasu. What what does he do? Does he continue? Does maybe, you know, I I'm haven't heard anything and I'm just putting it out there, but does Levante, you know, after his injury plague season, does he decide, you know, you know what? You know, if this isn't going this way, maybe he hangs it up. Um, so there's I mean, I, I haven't again, there's no news saying that. I'm just throwing it out there.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think Levante comes back. I, I think he just loves the game of football, loves being a buccaneer. But it's all wrong. Well, yeah, but the difference difference <laughs> yeah. is Tom's been playing for 22 years, right? And uh, um, you know he's he's accomplished a hell of a lot more than Levante David and most NFL players have. So we'll have to wait and see about free agency. Um, but the one thing that we're not going to wait and, and see uh, on is is let's see which which flavor Celsius am I going to have tomorrow? Because I had the orange today, and I might have a grape tomorrow. What are you rocking there, JC? What the flavor is that? We got the jackfruit heat. I love I it. The, heat.
0: the heat's great. You need that extra boost. It's got that extra hundred milligrams of caffeine that really gets you going.
1: Yeah, and 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 I've also got a tropical vibe, which I might partake in tomorrow as well. So as you can see, there are plenty of flavors to choose from, and that's the cool thing about Celsius is they taste great. These are great tasting energy drinks, and what makes them so great is they give you the energy but without the sugar and without the preservatives. And what that means is real simple. It means you're going to get the energy you need without the crash later on. And that's important because before Celsius, before I I found out about these amazingly tasty energy drinks, I was drinking other more, you know, uh, mainstream type of of energy drinks. And I would get that little rush of energy, but a couple hours later because of the sugar in there, I would crash. It kind of defeats the purpose, but that's the beauty of Celsius. You get the flavor. You get the energy without the crash, and uh, you can find those uh, Celsius banners on pewterreport.com. Click on those, and you'll be able to to find out where you can get them at a store near you, or even better yet, once you find the flavors you like, go to Amazon, buy them in bulk, and use the subscribe and save like I do because, JC, they come right to your house, Mm. and you can save money. You can save 5%. On those as well. Speaking of savings, right now, actually through today, the fast protein bars are twenty percent off on Amazon. Use the promo code twenty fast start. These are protein bars that are absolutely packed with with protein, low in sugar, and packed with flavor. I had the white chocolate cookies and cream today, and that was pretty much my lunch. Uh, it's it's filling. It tastes like a candy bar, but it gives you all the protein that you need. And the other flavor, too, the salted uh, peanut caramel crunch is also dynamite. I like to rotate between those two. Both of those are uh, made by the folks over at at, uh, Fast, which is partners with Celsius. Save 20% off on Amazon using the promo code 20FASTSTART.
0: They don't taste like cardboard, like some other ones. So no, that's,
1: you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've tasted so many gross protein bars that do taste like sawdust or, or cardboard or whatever. These, these taste like candy bars. I mean, yeah. They're delicious. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I mean, it's the truth.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. We don't uh, back anything we don't support. Right. I mean, man, <laughs> it's true. So i about it.
1: Uh, speaking of truth, um, uh, Michael Hall says, SR, I don't know why, but this Brady to San Francisco thing has gotten some steam today. Even Bill Simmons has been calling for it. Can you comment about how silly this is? Yeah. Uh, the thing is Tom Brady's under contract for next year. So he's not a free agent. He can't just say, I'm going to retire. Then I'm going to go play for the, the 49ers. Uh, that's, that's not how this works. And, I, I don't think that Brady, I think Brady's gonna play for the Buccaneers or he's gonna retire. It's yeah. one or the other. Um I, I don't know what his level of interest would be in going to a 49ers team that really has passed on him twice, JC. I mean, this was a guy that grew up idolizing Joe Montana, being a 49ers fan as a California kid. He goes out there and um, you know, does a workout for the 49ers before the draft, and they're not interested. They passed on him. I mean, yeah, they're not the and, only team, right? He was a sixth round pick, 199th overall. But the 49ers passed on
0: him. What is the guy's name that they took? He had a quote out there. He said, he's, he, I Giovanni Carmassi. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. like, I, he's I stopped 49ers. rooting or caring about the San Francisco 49ers when they passed on me six times and took Giovanni Carmasi or whatever yeah. his name is. He's got no, I mean, that was his childhood team. He's got yeah. no league. There's plenty of players in the league who had childhood teams. The yeah. ones who go in the league is you know they're just teams now you know there's that whole fandom and allure is gone maybe afterwards but for the most part especially if you're a player who's you know had tenured uh time at with one franchise and success with one franchise that becomes your your new team you know you you're an alumni there it's like going to college you're alumni there you're a a special player to that history and you know and plus i mean Tom's not going to just make a switch to San Francisco. Just go there. You got to think about the logistics of that. Part of those reasons were being close proximity to his son in New York and et cetera, and Brazil and, uh, you know, family. And he's not going to uproot his, his, he's already done it once in two years. He's not going to uproot his family to California. So, well,
1: and I think the other thing too is, is is there was some talk that he wanted to play for the 49ers after playing with the Patriots. And quite frankly, the 49ers, Turned him down. They were they were gonna stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. And MFR? What's that? Is he
0: that MFR? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's just it's it's a situation where I think the 49ers have kind of turned their back on Brady a couple of times. And you know, uh, I don't I don't think that that there's any allure to playing for the 49ers.
0: It's uh,
1: and if I and listen, if I'm being honest, uh and I think Kyle Shanahan probably wins more games and maybe even wins yesterday with a Tom Brady or a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. But at some point in time, I mean, I get Shanahan gets all the praise for being an offensive-minded guru, but boy, this is now the third big-time lead he has blown. He blew a 10-point lead to the Rams in the fourth quarter, just like he blew a 10-point lead to the Chiefs in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And let's not forget, he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when the Falcons were up twenty-eight to three over Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, yeah. and and he decided to stop running the ball, start throwing the ball, and that that allowed the clock to work in the Patriots' favor. Uh, Matt Ryan got sacked, um, you know, fumbled. If if the Falcons come out and, and run the ball. And chew the clock and milk that twenty-eight to three lead. Tom Brady has one less Super Bowl ring, and the Atlanta Falcons have a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> it's that simple. But Kyle okay. Shanahan did not. So I I don't get the allure with Shanahan and his uh I, I, he's a, a good play caller. I'll give him that. But when it comes to clock management as a head coach, game management, this guy's got three big strikes in three big games. One is an offensive coordinator, and two as as a head coach, in blowing a ten point lead in in the, the Super Bowl against Kansas City, and then the ten point lead in the fourth quarter against the Rams
0: and the NFC Championship. Yeah, three yeah, championship games.
1: Yep, no doubt about it. Okay, so uh, having said that, let's let's finish uh, out before we get to our mock draft with uh, with a, a little bit of Bucks news today. We did have some good news on the Bucks front. Um, the Buccaneers had another player go to the Pro Bowl, and no, Tom Brady's not going to play, neither is Tristan Worf's. But Vita Vea,
0: Pro Bowls,
1: well, what's that
0: still counted as Pro Bowlers, though, even though that's they're right. had so they're still got the That's why Correct. this number hasn't decreased by any because those are still guys who get the record. That's right,
1: Vita Vea is your latest Buccaneer Pro Bowler. So now oh. the Buccaneers have nine official Pro Bowlers. They had five Pro Bowlers that earned it right off the bat as that original selection. We'll call them the original selection guys. Tom Brady, Tristan Wirfs, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, and Shaq Barrett. Those were the five original guys that made the squad. And now you've got Bita Vea, You've got Mike Evans. You've got Antoine Winfield Winfield
0: and Devin
1: Devin White. So those are the four injury replacement guys that that will go into the game. It's not really an injury replacement for Vita Vea because he's replacing Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's going to be busy (laughs) trying to uh, work on the game plan to get to to Joey B and the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So uh, he's going to be a little busy playing in the Super Bowl. That's why he won't necessarily be – at the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas, but Vita Vea will be there in Aaron Donald's place. Over
0: under forty-seven snaps for Vita Vea in the Pro Bowl. Forty-seven <laughs> percent over <laughs> under.
1: <laughs> uh, he's he's got to play some more snaps next year for making all that money. That's for sure, you know. But uh, but a, a couple of you know, it'll be his first Pro Bowl. It'll be the first time for the Pro Bowl for Anton Winfield, and also for for Devin White for Mike Evans. It'll be Pro Bowl number four for him which uh, certainly helps his cost for the Hall of Fame. Brady not playing in, in the, the Pro Bowl. He's got a, a shoulder injury. <laughs> it's called vacation. That's <laughs> what it's <laughs> called. He's he's uh going to be on vacation uh, contemplating his future. And Tristan Wirfs is is also not going to be in the Pro Bowl for obvious reasons. He's resting that, that uh, ankle injury and um, contemplating whether he'll need surgery or not. If he has surgery, he'll be out for the OTAs. Probably come back for training camp, but if, if that's something we'll have to get some some clarification on from Bruce Arians, if uh, if he's going to go that route.
0: So,
1: now, I, I
0: I always wondered this, and maybe you can shed some light. In, and I and I, Patrick brings up a good point here that you know Vita might not play because of his injury, because he's a replacement. Does he have to play in the game to get the nod, or does he if he steps out, does it automatically go to the next guy? But he's still considered a Pro Bowler.
1: You have he's, to play, right? Uh, no, he's still considered a pro bowler. If you're named to the pro bowl, you, you're officially a pro bowler. So he's okay. he's an alternate. So he they can go, go like
0: five layers of alternates and all those four guys that have them, they're all pro bowlers? Yes. Okay. Yeah I, I, yeah, I almost wondered that. So thanks for clearing that up. And yep. for any fans who wondered it too, I asked a question for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, having said that, uh, mock draft season has officially started. We came out with ours today. So here's the thing: we we uh, we were going to come out with ours last week. We were kind of waiting to see if Byron Leftwich got the head coaching job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the reason we did that is because if Leftwich ends up leaving and getting a head coaching job, and uh, let's say it's in Jacksonville or maybe even New Orleans, although supposedly the Saints asked permission to interview Leftwich, yet he's not on the three interviews that they have lined up this week, according to Pro Football Talk. So interesting to see if Leftwich actually gets an interview in New Orleans or if he's maybe the, the one. Or turned it guys. down. Well, I don't know why he would turn it down necessarily, maybe because they don't have a quarterback, <laughs> right? I mean, Jameis Winston's yeah, a free agent. I don't know if he wants to get on that road again. <laughs> uh, Taysom Hill is, is not the answer, and certainly – uh, he's in a contract, but I, I don't see him being a Byron Leftwich guy at all. And Trevor Simeon is just you know Trevor Simeon, the Buck Killer, the Buck Killer. Yeah. So having said that, if Leftwich does leave, and we kind of thought that was the case last week when uh, there were some local reports out of Jacksonville that that he was the Jacksonville Jaguars guy, and I think that he he is and maybe was the guy. The problem is is he doesn't want to work with Trent Baalke, the general manager and wanted to bring in his own guy, Adrian Wilson, the Vice President of Pro Personnel from the Arizona Cardinals. Those two met and and worked together out in Arizona in 2017 and 2018. The problem is, is Shad Khan, who is the Jaguars' owner, apparently does not want to get rid of balky <laughs> So uh, I think that means that Byron Leftwich is not going to Jacksonville unless there is a reversal of fortune, and they just, I guess, are interviewing Rich Passaccia, today and we'll see if they're going in a different direction there but but JC if Byron Leftwich did leave the Bucks would have gotten a third round compensatory draft pick this year and next year because of a new NFL policy that rewards teams for developing minority coaches as well as minority executives so if you have a minority from your organization that leaves an executive to go become a general manager for another team or an assistant or a coordinator that leaves to go become a head coach. You're going to get a third round pick in this year's draft as well as next year's. So that could have been the case for Byron Leftwich. we actually had an extra third round pick in our mock draft. And we we're waiting to see if we should keep that in there or not. So that's why the mock draft came out this morning as opposed to last week.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's, it's a new initiative that the NFL rolled out. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but it would have been helpful for the Bucks, you know. I I, I don't think you need to incentivize good coaches for, for getting hired, but you know it is what it is. But yeah, the whole Trent balky thing is really kind of messing with a lot of quality coaches because you you know you've seen uh, of their three big names they're linked to. Two of them have already gone, and with Ibraflus to the to the Bears and Hackett to the Jaguars. Now they're bringing in interim special teams coaches for interviews, and it seems like they're really willing to lose. Head coaches to keep this GM for some whatever reason they have, Um, but Jaguars are
1: gonna Jaguar man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's good news because the Bucks get to keep um, their offensive coordinator and uh, you know some consistency on that team because it doesn't look like Todd Bowles is going anywhere either. But if they were both by chance to get hired, that would give the Bucks two third round picks this year and two third round picks next year. No,
1: actually that's not the case. Oh Um, really? If you have two coordinators, two minority coordinators that. End up becoming head coaches, you get the third round pick in in that year's draft, and then next year's. And then if you have another coordinator, another minority coordinator who becomes a head coach, or let's say it's an executive, right, who becomes a general manager. In other words, you have multiple guys that that fit that criteria and and criteria and leave. Then you get one more third round pick the year after. So it would be two thousand and two draft for witch 2003 draft for witch and then let's say if it were to be, to be Bulls, if Bulls were to leave, then it would be the 2004 draft the Bucks would wow. get a third-round pick. So you get two for the first one. You only this get one third-rounder for the next one, and you don't get multiple in any year. It's just 2022, still all and 2024. <laughs>
0: When it comes down to it, so yep.
1: So uh, having said that, let's let's dive into our mock draft, shall we? We uh, we kind of give away the the number one guy right there, uh, Arnold Ebiketie, the outside linebacker for Penn State, and he played defensive end at Penn State. The Bucks play a three four scheme, so he would be an outside linebacker here I'm in Tampa. Here. And the thing about uh, Ebiketie and uh, you know it's it's always tough putting the first mock draft together because it's just so early. We try to do this before the senior bowl. And then we do another one after the senior bowl. The, the thing with, with Eb, that that I, I like is the Bucks want speed at, at the outside linebacker position. And, uh, but I guess before we start talking about Ebiketti, let's get into kind of some rationale about why they would take another edge rusher. I'm of the opinion And you might agree with me, JC. I don't think Jason Pierre-Paul comes back. And if he does, it's not till probably the summer, right? Because they got to see if that shoulder is going to be repaired. How much are you going to afford to pay this guy? He's now had a neck injury, a knee injury, and a shoulder injury, all of which have needed surgery in in back-to-back-to-back years. Now he's 33 years old, coming off an absolutely terrible year in terms of production. I know the shoulder hampered him but I mean, just the production was, was awful this year. Uh, at sometimes the bucks were playing with 10 players out there when Jason and Pierre Paul was on the field because he was so limited. So yeah. having said that you've, you've got him, that's not coming back, at least in my mind, you've got Joe Tryon Shoinka, who is a very promising young player, but he only had four sacks. So, um, should add more. Should add more, and I think he will. I think he's a player in the rise. I'm not not hedging my bets against JTS. I think he's going to be a good player. But Shaq Barrett also is is 30 years old this year, and he had a, a good year, a Pro Bowl year. But there were some games where he literally just disappeared. Right. Yeah. Plus, plus he had the knee injury at the end of the season that might have hampered his production. We didn't see him really get to the quarterback in in the postseason. He did have an interception against. Um, or down the stretch, but I, I just with Anthony Nelson entering his contract year, you're going to need another pass rusher, and he's got to have speed and juice off the edge. And I, you know, I like Jermaine Johnson at a at a Florida State. I think he's maybe even a, a better prospect. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl in addition to Ebiketti this week, so we'll see if Ebiketti can elevate himself to. A late first-round pick or he's more of a a second-round pick. And the same thing with Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Those are two guys we had in in consideration for that pick. And the interesting thing is the Senior Bowl measurements just came out today, and Evichetti was listed at 6'2", 250, which is a little bit less than his listed weight of 6'3", 256, so about six pounds lighter and an inch shorter. That kind of puts him on par with Shaq Barrett, which is not ideal. You want a bigger... Uh, outside linebacker, a bigger guy, and I, I think that Germ- uh, Jermaine Johnson now it, it, it's a legit 6'4", and about two hundred and sixty pounds might have been the way to go. And, and we'll see. We'll do another mock draft here after the Senior Bowl, and we'll kind of let the dust settle. But but right now the thing with Epichetti is is he brings a, a lot to the table in terms of of just his ability to to cross the face of the tackles to to really not just bend the arc up the field with this pass rush, but also um, finish. He's a violent finisher. Um, he reminds me a lot of Shaqbert the way he plays. He's not afraid to stick his nose in against the run. He's very tough in run support, very physical player. And I, I think that uh, that if he's there and has a good week at, at the, the Senior Bowl and he ends up testing well, you know, he could be in consideration with the Buccaneers with the 27th overall pick.
0: Yeah, I think you make some really good points. And, you know, going back to your initial point about, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul probably leaving and, you know, you look at the stable, it's it's Shaq, it's JTS, and it's Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you can put Elijah Ponder on there if you want to as well, who signed a futures contract, former yeah. defensive tackle turned OLB. But, you know... Uh, you know, pass rushing is such uh, an important aspect of the NFL game. And while I'm, I'll give all all the credit to Anthony Nelson for stepping up and and really, you know, piling up some sacks this year. He's still more of a run defender. He's not going to be a pass rusher. And if yeah. you're gonna if if you're gonna lose JPP, you need to even if it's a rookie and you know he's just coming in as a DPR designated pass rusher. You yep. need someone that can come in and do that because Anthony Nelson's not the answer at that at that job or that position.
1: Well, but- the other thing, yeah, the, the other thing too, JC, is the Bucks were without Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett for yeah. the last two and a half games of the season. Right, Shaq Barrett got hurt against the Panthers at Carolina, missed the second half of that game, then missed the final two games of the regular season. So, you know, th- for for uh, a couple of, of weeks, the Bucks got. A glimpse of what life is like without Shaq Barrett okay. and Jason Pierre-Paul, right? And and they had to start Cam uh, Gill, uh, I should say uh, Anthony Nelson um, and, and JTS with Cam Gill coming in off the bench. And the sack numbers plummeted over the last couple of weeks as a result.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you you have to have quality backup, quality depth. And like I said, Anthony Nelson did a great job, but I think if you can get a guy like this or or Jermaine Johnson or even another name that's been tied to them uh pretty often who, you know, is that kind of tweener defensive tackle, edge rushing guy Logan Hall out of Houston. If you get one of those guys who can, you know, really get after the quarterback and put some pressure on him with speed with power, I think that's what that's what you need. And it also, I mean, it's so funny because everything that we're talking about now, whether it's the draft, whether it's the offseason, hinges on one guy's decision. And the sooner he makes it, the sooner evaluations. And, and I think we all know which way he's leading. And that's Tom Brady uh, decision to retire. Changes the aspect because this team has constructed, I think, has a shot of really competing in the playoffs. But if you're going to get a, a quarterback in who who's more of a game manager, who's gonna who's not going to be able to take over, if you're not getting one of these upper echelon, you like improve guys, the defense. You it got to improve easy. the defense, yeah. and yeah. and you got to do that. I think early in the draft, as much as I think, and I, and I see a lot of people in the uh, in the comments here are talking about splash wide receiver move. You know, get that big third wide receiver, and I think that'd be great. But if you have a quarterback who can't, you know, go through his progressions and find the third receiver on any given play um that's going to be an issue because of whether it's you know processor release whether it's offensive line has a you know regression because of the release issues whatever it is you know i i think bolstering up that defense and making this potentially one of the best defensive units the league has seen um ever or certainly the last few years is your easiest way to potentially get back to a Super Bowl, kind of like the Brad Johnson years when yeah. you had a, a – I Adam. I mean, the,
1: listen, we, you can look at at the final four here in the playoffs, in say Patrick Mahomes, right? Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, right? And and <laughs> and Kyle Shanahan, right? With with the forty nine Debo Samuel with the forty nine ers offense. Jimmy G, come on, say. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is it's the defenses, right? It's it's the Bengals defense that shut out Patrick Mahomes oh, and held up to three points in in the the second half, right? It was it was the the Rams defense that ended up winning that game at the end and 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 the, you know holding the the Forty Nine ers without an extra point, yeah. uh, or I should say another point after their ten point lead in the fourth quarter and stopped them on a couple of drives. It was just as much the defense as it was the offense. I mean, these weren't sheet out games, folks. These were not games in the forties. Right, these were games in the '20s, and and the, that's that's because of of the defense. Yeah. And as great great as Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl with the three touchdowns in the first half, and Gronk was with his two teddies. I mean, we saw that the star of the show was was the Todd Bowles defense holding the Chiefs out of the end zone into just nine points. So yeah, I don't. If if, if you're gonna go to the, you know, I mean, again. <laughs> The Bucks should have stopped the Rams, right? Two plays got him in field goal range. Matt Gay through the uprights, and all of a sudden, it's the Rams, not the Bucks, playing in the NFC Championship game. So, the defense is definitely going to need some, um, you know, some more playmakers. The, the thing that that uh, that you have to like about um, Ebekey is he played his first three years at uh, Temple, and then where was at Temple? Where? Temple. That's you know Bruce Arians' old school. <laughs> Todd Bowles is alma mater, right? <laughs> there so <you> go. <laughs> he's he's a Temple guy that that slowly came on two sacks uh, back in 2019. In 2020, he was a full time starter. 42 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, three forced fumbles, fumble recovery for a touchdown against UC, uh, US, USF. Then he transfers to Penn State as a grad transfer. 62 tackles last year, 18 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and a pass breakup. He's from Cameroon. I think this guy's football is is a, a, his best football is ahead of him. So we'll see. As of right now, we've got we've got Ebicchetti in there. Oh, and by the way, the guy can block some field goals too. He had a, a block against Wisconsin in Week One, and then blocked another kick, so mm-hmm. he can help out in special teams right right off the bat
0: to describe this guy in one word disruptive yeah he's disruptive whether it's in the backfield whether it's blocking kicks whether it's uh you know stopping the running back whether it's rushing the pass passer he has the raw traits and tools to just be an absolute disruptor to quarterbacks and running games alike
1: yep now let's go on to our second pick uh need better come. defensive backs yes, <laughs> yes the buccaneers do Nickel cornerback, please. Well, see, here's here's the problem, right? Because while the Buccaneers do need a, a slot corner to really come in and challenge Sean Murphy Bunting, they have a couple of options that that they've been able to to kind of put in there. I'm not saying that that Ross Cockrell is is the answer. I'm not saying Mike Edwards is the answer, or even Antoine Winfield is the answer. But it seems like those like the, they've got a little bit more coverage in the slot. And I'm not sure if this guy is is going to be able to play in the slot. He's more of an outside corner. But when, when you have Jamel Dean missing as many games as he did and Carlton Davis missing as many as he did, those outside cornerback positions are just as important uh, as, as the slot, right? I mean, we saw too much of Pierre Desir, too much of D. Delaney, um, not enough of Richard Sherman because he got, he got uh, oft injured. But – our second pick,
0: is, out there.
1: Yeah, second pick <laughs> yeah. is, is Kobe Bryant, right? I, I should have put this up in the first round. We had the we had, uh, Penn State outside linebacker Arnold Evichetti. In the second round, we've got Cincinnati cornerback Kobe Bryant. Now, the interesting thing about Bryant is Sauce Gardner is one of my favorite players. He's the other Cincinnati corner. This is a guy in Garner who will be one of the first cornerbacks taken in the draft and his name is Ahmad Garner, but they call him Sauce. The guy didn't give up a single touchdown during his college career. Now, Bryant did. Bryant gave up a couple scores, but the thing about Bryant is he was not Sauce Garner. Bryant was the Jim Thorpe Award winner as the best defensive back in college football. Now, that doesn't always mean anything because Jonathan Banks was a former Jim Thorpe Award winner former second-round pick by the Buccaneers several years ago, just didn't have the speed to play. But Kobe Bryant does. At 6'1", 198 pounds, he's got enough size to play, and that is actually his weight. He got measured in at the senior bowl. I think he was 193, but the 6'1", is legitimate. Todd Bowles wants bigger outside corners. This guy fits the bill. And the thing you have to like about his game is is just the production. He was a four-year starter two interceptions, nine pass breakups, and a forced fumble back in 2018. In 2019, 54 tackles, an interception, eight pass breakups. In 2020, 35 tackles, four interceptions, seven pass breakups, and a forced fumble. And in last year, 44 tackles, three interceptions, 11 pass breakups, three forced fumbles, and a pick six. So what I like about Kobe Bryant is the length, I like the fact that he's battle-tested. I like the fact that he was also picked on a lot because teams were were avoiding Sauce Gardner and throwing in Bryant's direction. And he still rose to the occasion. And he's a long corner. Can he play inside? He really wasn't asked to do that at Cincinnati. But I think he could probably handle it or at least give him a try on the inside. But having another outside corner, just in case, Jim L. Dean doesn't develop, right? We don't know if Dean is going to be worthy of re-signing. He had some injury issues. He looked really good at times. Doesn't make enough plays on the ball. And with Carlton Davis, he is going to stick around. But the thing is with Davis is if he gets banged up, if he misses some time like he did with the quad injury, you got to have more corners. And so you can't just have a guy that can only play the slot. You have to have a guy that can also play outside. And I think Kobe Bryant would be a hell of a choice if he's there in the second round for Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you want that position flexibility to an extent, but at the same time you, you need the depth and, and while Jamel Dean looked good and finished as a top 10 corner uh, in coverage per PFF, he still has some growing pains to go through. And, and obviously, you know, the best way to, to be on the team is to be healthy. And that was one of his problems this this season was was being healthy. So yeah. you, you can't rely on guys like Pierre Desire and Dee Delaney. And if you can get some outside help, yeah. that's what you need to do. You also need to get some inside help. I wouldn't be surprised if they took two cornerbacks or if they maybe looked at you know more packages with you know Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield down there as well, especially if they do target a safety yeah. uh in the draft. But I think corner is definitely a position that the Bucks will draft in. We saw, you know, from Someone in the in the put the graphic of how many years in a row they took a cornerback. Um, they took multiple second round cornerbacks, and, yeah. and they've taken. First if Jason Light's going to
1: draft a cornerback, is, it's going to be so. in the second round, right? Because I mean, yeah. it, you go back to Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart. Uh, you you go and look at uh, Sean Murphy Bunting in the second round. Um, there's just been so many cornerbacks taken in the second and third round. Jamel Dean was a third round pick. It just, it's, that's what they do in day two is, is yeah. the draft defensive backs. Now and,
0: I was just going to uh, say, I think if one guy, the, the one guy that they might consider in the first round, if they are going to take one, maybe Roger McCreary, but I really doubt from Auburn, he's going to be able to be there. He, he, he's a, he looks like a stud.
1: Yeah. The only problem is, is he checked in undersized in mobile today. And what I mean by undersized is he's, just over 510 so i think just about five eleven. the buccaneers like bigger corners especially outside so the days of them drafting corners that are not at least six feet tall or over vernon hargraves put an end to that so
0: yeah well then they could look for his running mate in the third round potentially nehemiah pritchett if he's still there from auburn 6-1 he's a he's another guy who's an outside guy but can fits in any system Uh, played nickel star a little bit as well. And uh, I think he's another guy they could look at too, but I really like the pick of Kobe Bryant that, that we went with here. Cause I think for all the reasons you said size, speed, the ability to be physical, he just fits with Todd Bowles.
1: Looks like. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Super chat from Alex here. Saw the mock. Are we benching our first two picks? Are you saying zero starters from the draft with 24 (laughs) undrafted free agents? No, I'm not saying that this is our first mock draft. And uh, you've got you've to get some players that can play right away, but also build for the future too. And as we saw, Joe Tryon Shoinka, he played multiple games as a starter in place of Jason Pierre-Paul, who was injured, but he also saw the field plenty as an inside nickel rusher as well. So I, I think that you, you need to, to look at, at the, the pass rush, and you can't just assume that Joe Tryon Shoinka – and and Shaq Barrett are going to be playing every single snap of every single game. That's just not the, the way it's going to be. The same thing in the cornerback position.
0: Or the health. I mean, do you the, the other the opposite side of that is, do you want a full year if one of them goes down, or a half a year of Anthony Nelson? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and the other happens. thing too is, is is again Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean. I, I, I would I would say to you, JC, one of those guys is not going to be here for sure. And there's a chance neither one of them return, right? So you have to start looking for an upgrade in talent. I I like how Dean played at times last year. He also missed quite a bit of time due to injury. And uh, and I think they're going to sink a lot of money into Carlton Davis. He's a keeper, but there's just a lot of question marks outside of Carlton Davis at the cornerback position. You can never have enough good corners. And this past year was certainly an indication of that. So let's go on to the third round here. JC and uh, let's let's look at the offensive side of the ball here. Um, the the selection that we're going to put in there for the Buccaneers in the third round, when they uh, draft uh, a wide receiver, is Romeo Dobbs. Now Dobbs is is a guy that that is going to be at the Senior Bowl as well. So all three of these players, Ketty, Kobe Bryant, and and Romeo Dubs, are going to be at the Senior Bowl. John Ledyard, Matt Matera, Casey Hudson are going to be there. Actually, they're in Mobile as it stands right now. And they're going to be looking at these players uh, in person. And the thing about Dubs is he's got good size, just under 6'2", 205 pounds. He's got the size you need to play inside, but he can also play outside. And he was a back-to-back 1,000-yard wide receiver at Nevada where his quarterback, Carson Strong, is considered to be possibly a first-round pick. And the, the thing about Dubs is he can do everything from get some yards after catch. He can separate down the field on deeper routes, uh, deep crossers, go routes, et cetera. And he's also a contested catch guy. He's not the you know a, a six-foot-five guy like Mike Evans is, but he will have the ability to go up and, and get the ball uh, over smaller cornerbacks. Even guys his size, so Romeo Dubs, like the Bucks drafted another wide receiver, Chris Godwin in the third round back in 2017. That's the round uh, as it stands in this mock draft where we see the Bucks address the wide receiver position.
0: Yeah, and he's got all the traits that Jason Light's looked for you know he's he's six two. Um, I think he's what 210 pounds that he weigh in today. Five. Yeah, so I mean he's got the the size, the height. Um, the build and his his route running is, is pretty good. Um, obviously, you know, you are going to increase that once you get in the NFL. He's had some drops, but he's overcome those. Um, he, he screams, you know, potential Bucks player uh, that can fill in in a multitude of roles, which is what you need at that third wide receiver position outside inside versatility, truly outside inside versatility, not something that Tyler Johnson gives you. Um, but that would push Tyler Johnson yeah. to the fourth wide receiver, where I think he would he would you know do a lot better served in that role. Fifth wide receiver, but yeah, I think I think you know getting Romeo in here uh, to complement what Evans and Godwin give you, yeah. no matter who the quarterback he, is.
1: He's is not as fast as Breshad Perriman, but but Dubs would be the the, the receiver that the Bucks hoped Perriman would be. I think that would be the hope. Dubs came on uh, the scene, uh, and he's really been a four-year starter. He had 562 yards receiving as a freshman. As a sophomore, it improved to 649 yards and four touchdowns. Then he had 1,002 yards while averaging 17.3 yards per catch and nine touchdowns in 2020. And then last year exploded for 80 catches for 1,109 yards, about 14 yards per per, uh, catch with 11 touchdowns. So he's been a consistent producer for the Wolfpack. And he can also return punts. He averaged 12.5 yards per punt return, scored a, a touchdown with the Wolfpack.
0: He doesn't fall so down, does he?
1: He does not fall down. And he's <laughs> bigger than, than, uh, than uh, Jalen Darden. So, uh, nice. I, you know, I, I, will, will he be there in the third round? I think that's one of the questions I saw. Um, you know, we'll see again, it really depends on how he performs at the, at the senior bowl this week. This is going to be a, a big test for him. Uh, uh Jalen Tolbert from Southern Alabama is also another player at the senior bowl who is kind of on our radar. John wrote about him over the weekend. Interesting thing about Tolbert though, is he was listed at six, three, but he only checked in at six, one. So he's sometimes those, <laughs> sometimes those, uh, uh, Senior bowl uh, weigh-ins can really tell on you, right? If you're if you're um, if you're fibbing when it comes to your your height and weight, your measurements in your college program. So absolutely,
0: absolutely that. And I mean, once we get to the combine, uh, those numbers as well. You know, what's his forty time? What's his vert time? Because we know Jason Light looks at those heavily when he's drafting wide receivers. He's got the size. He's got the weight. Does he have the forty time? Does he have the yeah. vert time? and how does he perform at the Senior Bowl, You know, going to be big things to complement what he put on tape over at Nevada.
1: That's right. And speaking of Senior Bowl, we're going to be having a couple of shows live uh, at night, starting tomorrow night with John Ledyard, Matt Matera, Casey Hudson. They're going to be broadcasting live, doing the Peter Report podcast live from Mobile. And that's going to be, look for it between 6 and 7 p.m. Eastern time. I talked to John today. The schedule is not exactly set in terms of when player interviews are going to be after practice. So that, keep an eye on Twitter. As, as soon as we kind of nail down the time, if it's going to be closer to 6 p.m., or closer to 7 p.m., you can find that on Twitter. But kind of hang around on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing to that. That's Pewter Report TV on our YouTube channel. But between six and seven, that's going to be the start time for tomorrow night's show, as well as Wednesday night show live from Mobile. John Ledyard, Matt Matera, Casey Hudson, with all of the Senior Bowl coverage uh, there live from Mobile. So make sure you stay tuned to that. And uh, another thing you should be staying tuned to is my bookie. All right, if you haven't had the opportunity yet to sign up, it's still not too late, folks. My bookie goes year round, and not just football, but other sports as well. So your team might have missed the big game this year, but MyBookie's double deposit bonus makes sure that you won't. Sign up at MyBookie now. Use the promo code Pewter to have your first deposit matched instantly so you can get in all the action on Super Bowl 56. The only way to watch the big game and have it get any better is to get paid to do it, right? To get paid to watch your team win. And MyBookie gives you everything you need to make that happen with double your money deposit bonus you can double your winnings and the best starting point for the big game is with the Super Bowl prop bets whether it's on or off the field there's no shortage of wagers to choose from for the Super Bowl so get in on the action let the confetti fall and walk away a winner don't miss out head to mybookie to double your first deposit up to $1000 by using promo code Pewter. place your bets get ready for the unmatched excitement of the Super Bowl bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie. All right, JC, we're going to round out our mock draft now. We've gone through picks one, two, and three. If you are just joining us, the first round pick, and you can read about these on pewterreport.com. We have a story up. It's our initial mock draft. We'll have another mock draft in a couple weeks after the Senior Bowl. But Penn State outside linebacker Arnold Arnold Ebicchetti in the first round. Second round, Cincinnati cornerback Kobe Bryant. Third-round pick, uh, Nevada wide receiver, Romeo Dubs. And so we're going to go to the fourth-round pick now. Um, If there's one school on defense that Jason Light has targeted more recently than any other school, what school would that be, JC?
0: That would be Auburn, the Tigers.
1: That's right. My son Logan's favorite school for some reason. He likes the Auburn Tigers. Uh, but, and, and the player there is, is not Roger McCreary. That's, that's a, a first-round cornerback, maybe a second-round cornerback, but also might be a little undersized for Tampa Bay. They like bigger defensive backs. Think Carlton Davis, 6'1". Think Jamel Dean, 6'1". Maybe Smoke Monday, 6'3". Right? So Auburn defensive back, Smoke Monday, that's the kid's name. <laughs> and awesome. he's an intriguing prospect he really is jc i know you've watched him a little bit what are some of your thoughts about uh, S- smoke monday a bigger rangier defensive back he's a safety but he also played in the slot 6 399 pounds
0: yeah i mean that, that's just it his versatility he, he I, he's uh and, and you wrote about him you know kind of a combination of antoine winfield and 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 um, Mike Edwards, but also a little bit of Jordan Whitehead because he he can play in the box down there. He he's big enough that he can be a factor in the a big factor in the run game. But he also can create turnovers. He can get after the quarterback. He can stuff the run. He's got obviously some deficiencies. He's going in the fourth round, but you know this is a guy who who just he he makes plays. You know, he does. I mean, he's if you look at his playmaker. his stats and what he's been able to do over the course of his career, it's just playmaking um and and, you know he comes from a school that jason light loves to target you know uh and i i don't think because there's this and i mentioned Nehemiah pritchett too there's three guys in this draft that are going within the first four rounds i think and and obviously it's going to be the cornerbacks um and and smoke monday is one of them i don't think there's any way that with the bucks get out of this draft and not targeting at least one of those auburn secondary players because i you know that's what they do they they take secondary guys and all three of these guys have assets that they could have, but as, as a team that could be losing uh, Jordan Whitehead, which I don't think they do, but they're definitely losing um, Andrew Adams, most likely who came in here as a yeah. free agent signed. Well, in the, and of- the other
1: thing too is, is is Jordan Whitehead. will see what, what type of, of market there is for his services, but then you've got Mike Edwards, right? He'll yeah. be entering his contract year right. as well. And, well, on one hand, he's the team's leading interceptor, right? He had two pick sixes <laughs> against the Falcons. The other hand, he only played 16 snaps, and they were horrific snaps against the Rams in that NFC or, the, or NFC divisional playoff game, right? So um, he's in a contract year coming up, just like Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting. And if you're gonna pay big money to Jordan Whitehead to have him stay, and you've got Antoine Winfield Jr. coming up, you know, down the pike after He'll him can you afford to keep Mike Edwards so again you're drafting a player that you want to get in the field this year and have him compete but at the same time you might be uh, drafting a guy that is eventually going to take Mike Edwards a spot you know or maybe Jordan Whitehead's but you mentioned the playmaking 171 tackles in his tigers career eight pass breakups five interceptions in his career he had three defensive touchdowns for the tigers including a key pick six in Auburn's forty eight to forty-five Iron Bowl win over Alabama in twenty nineteen. Who was the quarterback then? Was that um Was, that, was, that, was that Tua? Yeah, I think it was Tua, yeah. yeah Tua, right? It was, and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And then he, he had a, a 100 yard pick six against Tennessee. It was also a, a huge play and a 30 to 17 win. So this is a, a, a player that has really um, you know been a, a playmaker against the pass. Again, eight pass breakups, five interceptions over his careers. But he is also playing out of the slot. He's got six sacks and a forced fumble. Plus Mm -hmm. he had 17 tackles for loss. So that's an impressive number for a defensive back. So I I like the fact that he really is a versatile player. And when you look at Todd Bowles' defense, how they use those safeties, especially whether it's in the slot playing corner, blitzing him off the edge, uh, playing him deep, that's kind of what you're getting. From Smoke Monday, uh, when, you, when you look at, at his his breakdowns in twenty twenty, uh, let's go back to twenty nineteen. He played ninety one snaps in the slot, eighteen at corner, ninety nine in the box, and one hundred and seventeen deep. Okay, in twenty twenty, he played one hundred ninety seven snaps in the slot, two hundred and twenty six in the box, and two hundred and sixty three deep. And then last year, he played 198 snaps in the slot, 252 snaps in the box, and 293 deep. So you're getting a corner, or I should say a safety, that can play like a corner in the slot, they can play like a strong safety in the box, and do the blitzing and and the tackle for loss thing that Jordan Whitehead does. And he also has the range and size and the playmaking ability to play some center field for you, like Antoine Winfield. So just an incredibly versatile player all the way around and uh, you know we'll we'll see if 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 he's there in the fourth round he might even be a player the bucks might have to consider on on day t- day 2 yeah
0: yeah i mean he's got him he's got everything you're looking for i mean you, you give yourself an insurance policy you give yourself a dynamic playmaker you can play some special teams as well um and you have a need a, if you do bring back whitehead you have a need at fourth safety you can get him in the fourth round absolute steal let him develop behind you know i think one of the best uh, run support, hard hitting safeties in the game right now. And Jordan Whitehead, if he's back and one of the best free safeties, just going to improve him along with, you know, some great coaching from that staff. So if they can steal steal him in the fourth round at the end of the fourth round, I am all for that pick. As soon as this talk came out, Scott, I said, I love smoke Monday. Um, I I just love the pick.
1: Yep. And we'll see how all of this stuff shakes out again, the senior bowl in the East West shrine too, but which there is, is Thursday night, by the way. So, East West Shrine, th- Thursday night, Senior Bowl on Sunday. So, or I should say Saturday. So, it'll be interesting to see how some of these, these uh, college all-star games uh, play into some of these players moving up or moving down. Right? We can see those guys go either way. Yeah. In round five, they're going to go with running back Rashad White out of Arizona State. And This is an interesting player. Because when you look at at, at Brashad White and right now the Buccaneers, they have technically two running backs under contract. right? They've got Keyshawn Vaughn and they've got Kenyon Barner. Those are the only two running backs that are under contract. We expect them to lose Ronald Jones. We also uh, are not sure about Leonard Fournette, if he's going to return and how much his asking price would be. Even Giovanni Bernard, not sure if he's going to return or not especially if Tom Brady doesn't come back, right? So they're going to need a a running back. And what do running backs have to do in Tampa Bay to see the field, JC?
0: Got to have hands, got to pass protect.
1: That's right. They got to be factors in the passing game. And and that's exactly what this guy brings to the table. Uh, Rashad White's an interesting player because I've watched some of his highlights and I've seen some of the games that he's played in. And I don't know if he's if he's actually fast or looks fast. because um, sometimes he looks like he's slow, like he's just gliding. But you could kind of say that about Le'Veon Bell. You can kind of say that about Leonard Fournette, too, a little bit. They're they're not the fleetest of foot, but yet they're patient guys, solid vision, and and not great speed. And, and that's kind of what Rashad White has. But he's a bigger back at six foot. They list him at six foot two, but he actually weighed in at the senior bowl. He's another senior bowl guy at six foot even, 210 pounds. But he's a bigger running back, a little bit of an upright running style. Again, we'll kind of remind you a little bit of, of a smaller version of Leonard Fournette. But this guy does a really good job catching the ball. He only had eight catches for 158 yards as a Juco transfer in a very, very shortened season. Remember the Pac 12 schools only played a handful of games during the the COVID year of 2020, but he had eight catches for 158 yards. He averaged 19 yards a catch and had a touchdown. In addition to averaging 10 yards a carry, 42 carries for 420 yards and five touchdowns. Then, and he was a JUCO transfer. So then when he really became the workhorse back for Herm Edwards, Arizona State Sun Devils team, he had a thousand yards, even in fifteen touchdowns as a runner, averaging five point five yards per carry. But then had forty-three catches, JC, for four hundred and fifty-six yards. That's a ten point six-yard average, and also a touchdown. So this is a complete back that can really do some damage as a runner and as a receiver.
0: Sixteen combined touchdowns. There's only seventeen players that rush from in the country that rush for more. This guy, yeah, I mean he's um. I, the problem with him and the pro- the problem here is they're gonna we're gonna find out what he's about at the senior bowl. I, yeah. I, I like I I have a hard time thinking that he might be able to last to the to the fifth round after this weekend, but he just has good vision, you know, he, he can hit the hole with some authority sometimes. He he actively seeks out pass rushers when he when he's um protecting the quarterback. He's not waiting for them to come to him. You know, he, he shows traits of potentially being a, a three-down back in the NFL. He's obviously got the size. He's obviously got, you know, the running ability, the receiving ability, um, and, and he's he's not afraid to get his, his nose dirty in the blocking game. So it's, it's going to, you know, and he's tough. He's tough as yep. nails. I mean, there's been multiple plays where, you know, he's not taken down on the first hit. It takes right. – Multiple guys, and he's dragging guys, and you know I just think if the if the if the Bucks are going to wait to grab a running back later in the draft, and this guy's here in the fifth round, it's a steal, it's a steal and a half, and uh, I I think he could be a huge. You know, this is one of those things that Keyshawn Vaughn picks where they thought Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, was gonna everyone had him in a at, as a fifth, fourth round yeah. guy, and they took him in the third. This is a guy who I could see just because of. And credit to SR, you know how good he is at picking these guys out that fit the Bucks system. You know, this is a guy I think the Bucks could say, "Hey, this guy is, is really fits our system well, fits what we're doing well." Leonard Fournette is gone, and they could they could take him in a higher round.
1: They but could for sure. If you, if you yeah, get, it's, sure. it's really going to depend, I think, for how fast he times. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a four-five-five five guy, right? I mean, he, he does not look that fast. Maybe it's sneaky speed, but you don't have to be a burner. In the NFL, you just the have to be able to slip guy. tackles, break tackles. You just you don't see the ADR touchdown runs, right? You, you do see that in college, but not at the NFL level. And you need to have some acceleration, but you got to be able to slip tackles, break tackles. This guy can do that and catch the ball at, a, at an incredible uh, rate as well.
0: Especially in this offense too, where it's so pass yeah. heavy. You know, if you can, if you're breaking, chunking off 5.5 yards per carry every time. Yeah. You're, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be loving that, you know? So the exactly. fact that he can make some, you know, guys miss and and take it to the house, you know, here and there, like that's an added bonus, but yep. there's always, that's why you get change of pace backs and get those speedy guys. So if you need a burst, you know, you, you give it to that guy, you open up a big enough lane and, and there yep. you go. But I think this guy nail on the head, Scott, with this pick, loved it.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And if, if you love Pewter Reports uh, and, and you have not given us a super chat and you're looking for another way to, to do that, you can donate today. I heard that we had a $500 donation, JC, today. Thank you. $500. I'm not sure who that's from. I need to find out so we can give that person some credit. But uh, we appreciate all the super chats we've gotten all throughout the season. And, um, and, and even we've got a couple today. But we have another way that you can give to Peter Report. Think about it like an, as, as an internet tip jar, right? If you like our content on PeterReport.com, if you like these podcasts, go to PeterReport.com backslash donation. You can sign up to donate a one-time donation is a little as $10 or up to 500 or more if you want to. Uh, but we also have monthly donations where if you would like to sign up and be a monthly donor to help support our efforts here at Peter Report, uh, we have some real expenses like making sure we have, people at the Indianapolis scouting combine coming up next month. And and we've got three members of our staff at the senior bowl, right? Incurring some real expenses to bring you that coverage. But this is a way that you can help Peter report on a monthly basis for as little as $3 a month. We also have five and $9 options as monthly donors as well. So if you're inclined, visit peterreport.com backslash donation and, um, and you can drop your, internet tips in our internet tip jar over there
0: it really it really helps us out to be able to do these things and also you know one thing that we are adamant here at Peter report is we do not want to be put putting any of our content behind a paywall you know you guys deserve this news you guys deserve this coverage and that's just a way of helping us be able to give you more coverage that you deserve anything you see i mean it got paul a brand new mic and headset you know to give him better. Um opportunity to to do the in-game live stuff and when he comes on here. So anything you guys want to do to help? Oh, yeah, it, it all goes
1: to travel expenses. We put the money right back into equipment for the podcast to to make them bigger and better for you guys. so uh, it, it's it's really like you're you're investing in the Peter Report podcast and you're investing in in Peterreport dot com, our website. and we greatly appreciate it. Let's round out our final selection here. The buccaneers do not have a sixth round pick this year. They will have, I, w- I would suspect, a compensatory pick, probably. And that we'll see where that shakes out. But as it stands right now, the Bucks have six picks in the seventh, uh, in the seven rounds. Not having a six round pick, they traded that to Philadelphia. So their final selection is at the end of the seventh round. And that's going to be a, a very big tight end who is really turning some heads at the East West Shrine Bowl. And that's Virginia tight end Jelani Woods. Woods. Is a big guy, right? There's, there's a. This is a really good draft for tight ends, JC. The yes. Buccaneers very well might need some tight ends because Cam Braid is the only one under contract right now. If you count uh, Cody McElroy, who's a practice squad player, but Cam Braid probably going to have to restructure his deal if, if he's going to come back. He's 30. He'll be 31 this year. Like and six point
0: five million, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. So, yeah, OJ Howard
0: ball on third down. You know, you're not a six point five yeah. million yeah. dollar
1: player. OJ Howard probably getting a fresh start elsewhere. Rob Gronkowski, if if Tom Brady's not coming back, I don't see Gronk coming back. Right, so they might have to start over at the tight end position. And the thing with Bruce Arians, he wants a guy that can block as well as catch the ball. And this guy, Jelani Woods is a big guy at uh, he's every bit of 6 foot 6, actually 67, uh <laughs> 275 pounds. So he is a big uh, tight end, actually started off as a wide receiver then grew into that that body at Oklahoma State where he didn't see a lot of action for the first 3 years of his career. He averaged 17 yards per catch. 7 catches 120 yards two touchdowns as a freshman as a sophomore 16 catches 112 yards and a touchdown in his last year as a junior at Oklahoma State 8 catches 129 yards a 16 yard average and a touchdown but then blew up at Virginia as a grad transfer 44 catches for 400 and I'm sorry 598 yards 13.6 yard average and eight touchdowns so this guy was a big red zone weapon for the Cavaliers had some really big games for them and is a really good blocker. He's turning some heads. I doubt he's going to be there in the seventh round. This is probably one of those those wishful thinking selections uh, uh, because now the thing is that this is a very, very deep tight end draft. So this is one of those positions that not every team prioritizes. It could be a situation where just because there is so many good tight ends, it could be a bit of a luxury position. Sometimes you see running backs, tight ends slide in the draft as a result. Uh, so I, I think it's a situation where he might not be there in the seventh, but the Buccaneers, if they like Jelani Woods, they might have to use him, a fifth round pick to get him because it's such a yeah. late pick. Yeah.
0: I mean, he, he's definitely been turning heads. I mean, you know, he's, he's definitely a willing blocker, obviously getting better. The problem is his size, right? Six, seven. It's hard. These guys getting low on him. He's got a, uh, he, he's working, you know, to,
1: bad level, right? Just it's it's yeah, and
0: body leverage. And body positioning as well, you know, um, because he's got such a big frame. But man, he's got some soft hands near the red zone. So, I mean, he'd he be does. a great pick. But I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, too, with tight ends, too. If it's not this guy, there could be another tight end that drops to a pick. And yeah. there's also the maneuverability factor. If they do move back and gain more picks, etc., whatever, um, you know, there, there might be a guy they could target. I mean, think about last year with guys like Brevin Jordan, who fell to the yeah. fifth round and a guy like Ramondre stevenson and kenneth gainwell who who running backs who, who fell so i mean there's yeah. always that opportunity which is good for the bucks so i mean if jelani right. if jelani woods falls to seven and rashad White falls, falls to the fifth i mean depending on what their senior days look like their combines look like i mean they could be two steals and you know i think those are definitely two positions you have to come out of this draft with not yes. just because you 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 know you necessarily need them um but also because you need you need the the tenure the length of, of contracts on the roster. You
1: That's need right. Guys you you, you have to have support. some some rookie so deals to make the salary cap work. There's no doubt about it.
0: And even if they're just special teams players at first, as they grow into their role, that you yep. you need a couple guys who have those four years rookie deals going throughout the the next couple of years That's because right. you can't just keep in bringing mercenaries in for one year deals.
1: Yep. So you got. Uh, you got some Senior Bowl podcasts coming your way tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Uh, we'll see if we do a show on Thursday. Uh, we'll we'll have to just kind of see what everyone's schedules like. But for sure, tomorrow, live from Mobile, Alabama, at the Senior Bowl, probably somewhere start time between 6 and 7 p.m. So make sure you stay tuned to our Twitter. We'll have the official start time for you tomorrow night on there. But John Ledyard, Matt Matera, Casey Hudson will be live from Mobile, For a Senior Bowl podcast uh, coming up tomorrow. For J.C. Allen, I am Scott Reynolds. Make sure that uh, you let us know what your thoughts are on our Pewter Report mock draft. Our first one will have another one coming out in just a couple weeks after the Senior Bowl. So for J.C., I am Scott Reynolds. We'll see you uh, next week as John and the gang will be doing the podcast for the rest of this week. But we'll see you next week on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.